The Roman government had given Paul so many reasons to hate them. They were the government who failed to defend Jesus, a man who was completely innocent of all of the charges the Roman government and the Jewish leaders were bringing against him, leading to Jesus being sentenced to death on a cross. They were the government who for the last 20 to 30 years had all kinds of corrupt leaders come to power who abused their position for personal gain. While Paul was writing this letter to the Romans, Emperor Nero was currently in power, a man who hated Christians. And while Paul didn't know it at the time, in just a few years, his hatred would boil over into some of the most severe persecution that Christians would ever face. Persecution where so many Christians, including Paul himself, would be put to death for their faith. Given the context that Paul was living in, well, as he writes our verses for today about the government, he easily could have been tempted to to lash out and to tell these Christians to hate and despise the government that was ruling over them because the government had given Paul so many reasons to feel this way. And while Paul was living in a completely different time under a completely different government, can't we have those feelings of hate, anger, and frustration towards the government that's ruling over us? Because just as the Roman government had given Paul so many reasons to to feel hate and anger against them, can't we find all kinds of issues and problems with the government that's ruling over us? Economic and social inequalities continue to persist. Tax money that we feel isn't being used properly. Possibilities of government shutdowns, and the list can go on and on. No matter who you are, and no matter what government is ruling over you, you can always find issues and problems that you have with it. And the issues and problems that you have with the government, well, have they led you to feel anger, frustration, and and hatred in your heart? Has this led you to voice your displeasure outwardly to others? It can be so easy to fall into these temptations because it can be so easy to have negative feelings and thoughts directed at the government that's ruling over us. And because of this, we would certainly understand if Paul in our verses for today lashed out against the government and told the Roman congregation to hate and despise them. But that's what makes our verses for today so shocking. Because Paul, instead of doing this, well, he instead told the Roman congregation to obey, honor, and love the government that was ruling over them. And Paul tells them to do this because Paul knew how to properly view the government that was ruling over them. Something that he teaches both the Roman congregation and us in our verses for today. And Paul begins by stating the overarching principle when it comes to government. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities. When Paul says everyone here, he's not just talking about all Christians. No, Paul is talking about all people. And what all people are called to do is to voluntarily submit to the government so that they can function properly. And notice that Paul doesn't qualify his statement here in any way. He doesn't tell this congregation to only honor and obey a government who is, who is nice and kind to Christians. 
He doesn't tell them uh, to only obey certain types or kinds of government either. No, Paul is clear in what he says. All people are to obey whatever government is ruling over them. And the reason for this all-encompassing statement is because no authority exists except by God, and the authorities that do exist have been established by God. Paul states the same truth both negatively and positively to make it as clear as possible. Each and every government that exists has been established by God himself. Therefore, those who are in positions of power and authority in government have those positions and have that authority from God himself as well. Now, implicit in the statements that Paul makes here is the truth that since all governments have been established by God, all governments do remain answerable to the God who has established them. Therefore, there are limits to what the government can properly do. If a government tries to tell its people to do something contrary to God's word, well, this is a situation where the Christian must obey God rather than man. But apart from those specific instances, those instances where obedience to the government would mean disobedience to God, in every other situation, we're called to obey. Because to disobey or to rebel means to not only be in opposition against the government, it also means to be in opposition against the God who has established them. And when one opposes the authorities God has established, Well, this is a person who will bring judgment on themselves. Rebellion and disobedience are never justified actions, no matter how corrupt or evil the government may be. And the judgment Paul speaks about here is talking about the the temporary judgment and punishment that the government can bring against those who disobey and rebel against them. But since every sin carries with it eternal consequences, it also points to the ultimate judgment that God will bring against those who disobey and rebel against him. Now, just to be clear, Paul isn't saying that every person has to completely agree with each and everything that the government says. There is still the reality that the people who are in government positions are sinners, and so there will be issues and problems at the various levels of government. But when we recognize those issues and problems, what Paul is calling us to do is to fight against our sinful flesh that wants to be filled with anger and hatred against the government and to instead find a way to voice our concerns that maintains and upholds respect and honor for the governing authorities who are ruling over us. And Paul tells the Roman congregation and us to do this not only because God is the one who has established government, but also because God has given governments to us as a gift to serve his good and gracious purposes. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to evil. Would you like to have no fear of the one in authority? Well, do what is good, and you will receive praise from him, because he is not God's servant for, because he is God's servant for your benefit. But if you do wrong, be afraid, because he does not carry the sword without reasons. He is God's servant, a punisher to bring wrath on the wrongdoer. Ever since the fall into sin, every person is in such a state of corruption and sinful depravity that without the government carrying the power of the sword, which is the power that God has granted to the government to inflict punishment to uphold justice, 
that without the government holding this power, our sinful natures would be free to show their true character. And the problems one has with the government, whatever they may be, would pale in comparison if there was no government ruling over us at all. Because the government serves to hinder and restrain the evil and wickedness that's in our world. And it also serves to promote good citizenship. I mean, this is only a blessing we would come to fully realize if there was no government ruling over us at all. And because the government is established by God and serves this amazing purpose, Paul then says it is therefore necessary to submit, not only because of wrath, but also because of conscience. And here Paul gets to the heart of the matter. While it is true that part of the Christian's motivation to obey government is out of fear for punishment, the primary motivation for a Christian is because they recognize that this is a matter of conscience. A matter in which they recognize God's hand in the institution of government. And this realization is what leads a Christian to have a desire to submit honor and obey the government that is ruling over them, because to do so is to obey and honor the God who has established them and who has shown us his love in the greatest of ways. And for this reason, Paul says, you also pay taxes because the authorities are God's ministers who are employed to do this very thing. Pay what you owe to all of them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, and honor to whom honor is owed. Paul uses paying taxes as an illustration of compliance to government, a task that was and is still despised by many. But for those who have the proper view on government, paying taxes isn't just an obligation, it even becomes an act of joy. And notice how Paul didn't stop at just talking about paying taxes. He also mentioned this congregation to give honor and respect to those in authority, showing that he didn't just want them to outwardly obey because it was the right thing to do. He wanted them to have hearts that genuinely honored and respected the authorities who represented God in these various positions. Paul was clear in his assertions to the Roman congregation. They were to honor, obey, and love the government that was ruling over them. And in their specific context, this meant honoring, obeying, and loving the Roman government. The very government who had put things into place that led to Jesus being sentenced to death on a cross. The one who they knew was the promised Messiah. This meant honoring, obeying, and loving the Roman government. The very government who for the last 20 to 30 years had all kinds of corrupt rulers come to power. And this meant honoring, obeying, and loving the very government who currently had Emperor Nero ruling over it. A person who, who hated and despised Christians and who, in just a few years, would bring about some of the most severe persecution against them. This is the government that Paul was telling this congregation to honor, obey, and love. And Paul could tell them to do this. Because Paul knew that the King of Kings... And the Lord of Lords, the one who has placed all governments in power, is the one who has total authority over all things. Paul knew that God had and would continue to use each and every government to serve his good and gracious purposes. 
a truth that's most clearly seen in the fact that he used the Roman government so that Jesus would be sentenced to the very death that he needed to die to accomplish God's plan of salvation. But what about the government that's ruling over us here, now, and today? And it's easy for us to look back in the first century and see how God used the Roman government to carry out his good and gracious plan. But is God really using the government that's ruling over us to carry out his good and gracious purposes as well? As we see the various laws that are being called into question, as we see the direction our government seems to be going, I mean, is God really using our government to carry out his good and gracious purposes as well? If we only focus on the issues and problems that we have with our government, then we're maybe tempted to answer that question with a no. But if we set aside those issues and problems for a moment, can you see how your government has been a blessing to you? We live under a government that allows us the freedom of religion. It's something which has allowed the gospel message to be freely proclaimed in our country something which has allowed you to hear the gospel message. The message of how God sent his very own son into this world so that he would eventually suffer at the hands of the Roman government. So that as he hung on the cross, he would take all of your sins upon himself and shed his holy, precious, and innocent blood to win you the forgiveness of all of your sins including the times when you do have anger, hatred, and frustration in your heart directed against the government, and to give you the assurance that you have everlasting life in heaven, all through the work that he has accomplished. This is how God has worked through our government to carry out his good and gracious purposes. And even if our government ever should get to the point where they severely persecute Christians, like the Roman government would in just a few years after Paul wrote this letter. Or if our government should ever be like the other governments in our world today that severely persecute Christians. Even in those situations, God is still continuing to carry out his good and gracious purposes through the governments he has established. Because through those situations, what God is doing is he is allowing the suffering and persecution to serve as a way to refine and strengthen the faith in the hearts of his believers. God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who has established all governments is always ruling over all things in his grace. This means that we don't place our hope in the things that happen in politics. We place our hope in the God who has blessed us in so many amazing ways. We place our hope in the God who has blessed us with a government to promote peace and prosperity in our world today. We place our hope in the God who has blessed us with the gift of faith through his gospel message, giving us the strength to trust and believe in Christ as our Savior. And we place our strength in the God who blesses us with the strength to show love to him by obeying, honoring, and loving the government that he has placed over us. Amen.